Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you from the DNVR bar after a Broncos win. First of the season at home in the Sean Payton era. Second on the year. And man, we're going to talk about just later this week. What happens if they beat the Chiefs? Is this a season Uh. now? But today is not the day. We are still reliving this victory. And the reason I bring up sushi is, uh, well, before I get into sushi, Todd, how would you celebrate a win after a game? Uh, usually a steakhouse. That okay. was like the go-to. Go to Roost Chris or Del Frisco's or mm. Ocean Prime. Get some good food. Maybe some wine just to yep. relax yep. You know, after a hard-fought game. But that was pretty much what we did. Who are you going with? Family, teammates, friends, mixture? Uh, usually family. Yep. Because okay. that's your time to really get together and hang out. Because I couldn't – I didn't really hang out before the games. I was too focused. So we're staying in the hotel. Yeah. And then right after the hotel, I go right to the stadium, so I don't really get to see him. Yeah. So it's a good time to, you know, hang out with all the family. Yep. Um, and I guess check off that family time box. <laughs> so then afterwards, we can go have some fun. When, uh, <laughs> when Pat got asked yesterday, how, how are you going to celebrate? It was the funniest result. He said, uh, shoot, probably a couple drinks. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, there we go. Like, I guess that's it. I, most of the locker room didn't realize that there was a Travis Scott show last night at Ball Arena. And so when somebody brought that up, people got really excited. So mm. I, I think that that may have been how a handful at least celebrated. Oh, that is how a handful celebrated mm-hmm. because uh, the Broncos hooked Travis Scott up with a suite at the game. So he was at the game. Yep. He and, and his uh, crew had a, a full suite to themselves. So Travis Scott returned that gift to them. And uh, a lot of Broncos were in their own suite at Ball yeah, Arena after the game. I believe it. And Sean Payton was not one of those guys, though. <laughs> Instead, could you imagine? Sean Payton went to sushi with his family. That's not the craziest thing in the world. Probably a lot of guys do go to steakhouses and stuff. But yeah. what makes this crazy is Sean doesn't like sushi. 
So why would you go to a sushi restaurant if you don't like sushi? Because I mean, tempura. Does he get the tempura? Ah, there you go. <laughs> I feel like as like the father in the family, he has like the least amount of sway over where they go. So like I, I saw Megan Payton, friend of the show, yep. uh, was uh, in town for the game. I would guess that it was her idea to mm. go to. And again, like just knowing family dynamics, the father in some situations has a lot of power in terms of like, where should we go get dinner? Maybe not a whole lot. I'm not sure if that's true for you, Todd. No, I think I have the power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your kids are still young enough, too. I have like, all boys. Oh, yeah. 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 I think <laughs> if I had girls, I'd probably have to be like, all right, right where do you guys want to <laughs> exactly. go? Exactly. Especially if they're like in their 20s. Yeah. Then, yeah. Flying in for the game. Exactly. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. These are boys that are just going to be with you no matter where you go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so you're right, Henry. That's why. But, 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 is there a little caveat? I mean, he just won a game. Shouldn't, shouldn't you celebrate? Like, if you're celebrating someone's college graduation, mm -hmm. Wouldn't you go to a type of restaurant that the college grad likes to go to? Well, you only Not graduate like, from college once. Yeah. Well, you I only, know, you only win know, one home game your first time but once, too. In theory, this should be a common occurrence. <laughs> yeah. and so you, you shouldn't need to have to go all out every time. And I didn't really feel like he was in a real celebratory mood after the no. game. He was not. So. And so not only was he going to a sushi restaurant when he doesn't like sushi, but he said he was just sitting in the parking lot pissed off uh -huh. about the game. Because he said, I, I know I should have been happy. And he was happy initially right after the game. Then he talked to media and the media <laughs> kind of pissed him off. And then he was just pissed off seemingly the rest of the night because he said, I was just I was searching for a perfect game. Uh -huh. And uh, we didn't have that. I'm happy to get the win. But there were so many things that did not go right. And did you guys see uh, the clip of Sean going crazy on Vance Joseph and PJ Locke? Yes. <laughs> he, was he was hot. Not mm -hmm happy about that yeah you hear if you can pull that up uh that was one of the things having to call two timeouts due to substitutions or only having 10 guys on the field he was not mm -hmm. happy about that um he was not happy with how quickly the team scored a field goal and then uh -huh. order to give the ball back to the packers and then they had a shot to come back and win um and uh, I, I don't mind that from a coach when when you're searching for perfection all the time um sean was just really spicy after the game and i just thought he was gonna enjoy the first home win a little bit more i totally understand that because as a player like even if we win but i feel like i had a terrible performance mm -hmm. i'm mad like yeah. yes we won but at the at the end of the day i want to perform well and help our team win not be like a crutch that got carried along you know yeah and so i totally understand i mean even after the super bowl um overcome with joy but I definitely had a moment there where I was mad because I didn't feel like I played the way mm -hmm. I wanted to I didn't have the impact I wanted to you know I got over it but <laughs> I definitely had some feelings like I wanted to do better than I did after yeah. like drink one or three did you overcome it I think it was maybe a <laughs> couple Lil Wayne songs yeah. snapped me out of it <laughs> and I was feeling all right <laughs> yeah I mean the Packers aren't a good team no like I know the Broncos obviously have done what they've done to this point in the season but still if you're sean payton you're not saying like i want to squeak out a win against the packers it's like we should just go out there i just want to put up like 40 points and beat them by a bunch yeah so, is that what he said too i think he pointed to 40 yeah. and and, and did today's he say 40? press conference i yeah. think yeah. yeah there you go um, you could have and yeah that's just watching the packers it for an entire game oh my gosh they are bad they're terrible yeah and yeah. that that kind of you know i know there's tank talk uh the tank talk will probably die down a little mm -hmm. bit this week maybe respark next week if the broncos aren't able to beat the chiefs um but 
you look at the Packers and you're like, the Broncos aren't going to get the number one overall pick. I mean, the Packers already have two wins and they seem yeah. to be way worse, I guess, two points worse than the Broncos. And like, there's got to be worse teams out there than that. But um, the Broncos, they almost put together a full game and mm-hmm. they did better than typically in the past. In the past, it's like they put together half a game on both sides of the ball and it's just not enough. This time they put together three quarters of a game. There was a stretch from midway through the third quarter to midway through the fourth quarter where the Broncos just absolutely lost it. Mm -hmm. And that's when they gave up the lead. They were up 16 to three. Then in literally one quarter, they blew it and were down 17 to 16. But the reason they won the game is they only kept the bleeding to one quarter instead of an entire half like they had in the past. If that would have been an entire half, they wouldn't have had that comeback. They would have lost the game. Then we're talking about how the hell did the Broncos lose to that terrible Green Bay Packers game. So the Broncos, over the past few weeks, specifically on defense, have been putting it together. And this team is getting a little closer. Um, And uh, so you come away from yesterday, and how do you guys feel about that two-point win? Um, I feel blessed that we played the uh, Green Bay Packers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think the boys came out and they played well. They were hitting hard. But if Jordan Love is just an okay quarterback... I don't even know why you're throwing the ball deep. You're 17, <laughs> 19. All you have yeah. to do is get a field goal, like, yeah. and you can win the game. Yep. There's no deep shots. Yep. No. Like we're checking everything down. If we need to, if we need to try and get a 55 yard kick as time expires, like that's the route we go to. Yep. You know. Yep. Um, PJ came came across and made a good play. He can't. You know what I'm saying? PJ got to make the most of it. Right. He wasn't hit. You know what I'm saying? Just because. Jordan Love decided to make a terrible decision. Like, that's yep. on him. Yep. But yeah. thank God we were playing the Packers. For <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. And the, the Broncos had put him in a third and 20 there. And it's four down territory. So, you know, you get the stuff on first down. I mean, I guess it's just a, a holding that made it second and 20. Uh-huh. So that's yeah. not really credit to the Broncos as much. Um, but then uh, then the incompletion. So at least the, the defense showed a little bit of life there. And then P.J. took advantage of the play. Also, P.J. Locke. This is two game-winning plays for him because he had the the strip sack, or not strip sack, just the strip that won the game against the 49ers last year. Yep. And that's part of the reason he played, like, whatever, 112 snaps last year. He was the second-highest-graded Bronco uh, on defense, maybe overall. Yeah. Potentially overall. I mean, it'd be him or Quinn probably for second behind Pat Sertan last year. So he gets his opportunity finally after barely playing, shows up and gives you a game-winning interception on a great play, too, coming all the way across the field like that. I mean... Might might have something there. Well, and might have a starting safety there. He really looks like uh, and reminds me of Caden Stearns. Caden Stearns was like mm-hmm. one of the most efficient players in the few snaps that he played over the past few years. But just injuries, he wasn't able to play a lot. But Caden Stearns, he played like a hundred snaps and had like two interceptions, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, mm-hmm. two sacks, and it's like. Geez, if this guy could stay healthy, he can be a game changer. And now PJ's kind of taking that role as like, Definitely. man, he's only on the field for like 30 snaps, but he's really making plays. So really good to see PJ step up there. Like I mentioned earlier, there was that clip of Sean going crazy on Vance mm-hmm. and PJ because PJ wasn't in the game. So Sean had to, was forced to call a timeout and he was irate about that during the game. After the game, you hear, do you have that clip? We able to find it? Nope. Mm. Yeah, super producer, you're here. Not coming up super mm. right now with Just, that clip. Um, mm. And, uh, um, yeah, the Broncos were able to pull it out. And on the offensive side, it just seemed like the Broncos dominated 
this game offensively. At one point, they had 200 yards to the Packers, like 60 yards mm-hmm. through midway through or almost at halftime. Like Javante Williams, Jaleel McLaughlin, Cortland Sutton, and Russell Wilson all individually had more yards themselves than the Packers had as a team collectively. Mm -hmm. Like the Broncos were just dominating Mm -hmm. and yet only 19 points because of just red zone struggles and not being able to capitalize there. But I want to ask you guys, is Cortland Sutton back to his Pro Bowl form? Are we finally seeing pre-injury Cortland Sutton? Because... Cortland was tremendous yesterday. Without Cortland, the Broncos don't win. Jerry now taking that uh, seat behind Cortland because Cortland was fantastic. Jerry was also five for five. Five targets, five receptions. These receivers, are they starting to find something? Or was that just going against a bad um, Packers defense who was without their top cornerback and really top player in Jair Alexander. And I want to get your opinion on that after I tell you about our friends over at Circa. And you need to listen up on this because we are unveiling this for the first oh, time really? today. Todd, you want to go to Vegas? Hell yeah. Henry, you want to go to Vegas? Oh, I love Vegas. How about Vegas in January? Escape some of this cold? Let's do it. Well, we're doing it. We are. You here? You want to go to Vegas? Uh, do I get to go to Vegas? I don't know. I don't know. I can't <laughs> promise that. I know uh, Todd and Henry are coming. <laughs> uh, but we are going to Vegas for Broncos Raiders Week 18. And if you want to join us, we've got a package set up through Circa for you. You're going to get 20% off a two-night stay at Circa Resort. Two tickets to Winter Swim and Concert. Two passes to Stadium Swim, which is their... Uh, awesome pool setup mm-hmm. where they have the massive TVs outside not even TVs jumbotrons outside where you get to watch football mm-hmm. you get DNVR tailgate and watch party at the stadium swim and one annual diehard membership package and an option to buy a game ticket as well so head to the link in our description in our YouTube to get signed up for this you're going to get deals discounts and you're going to be able to roll with us in Vegas for week 18 Broncos Raiders so check them out over at Circa Casino Resort and if you're not able to make that, you're still going to get 20% off when you stay at Circa by using the code DNVR. So check out Circa Casino and Resort. I can't wait for that. Yeah. I'll be ready to go. Oh, yep. hell yeah. I'll be the first time in Vegas like for a game. Mm. I've never played in Vegas. Of course. That's yeah. true. Not e- no, Sac State, no. I was thinking Mountain West, UNLV, but you wouldn't have played there either. Nope. And you guys didn't make the uh, Las Vegas Bowl? As hosted by Gronk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, is we, that the one? Yeah. Uh, no, it's the Los, uh, Los Angeles Bowl, the LA Bowl. Uh, uh, Vegas would be so much more Gronk style. It would. It's kind of a waste. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Um, what is the Vegas Bowl? Is that Mountain West and Pac-12? No idea. I think so, okay. because I think there was talk yeah. to CU playing in that. Yeah, there was. Okay. Um, but really quick, it's actually code DNVR20 to get 20% off. Ooh, good call. Mm-hmm. And shout out to our friends who are at Game Time. If you want to come to that game or any other game... Um, any sporting event, concert, I think game time is the best way to get your tickets. The app is really easy to use. You can download it now. Use code DMVR for $20 off, which is awesome. Um, and you don't have to wait um, to have great seats. They have last-minute killer deals, all-in pricing, great views from your seat, the best price guarantee. Game time really takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. So if you're looking for some tickets to any concert, event, comedy show, go check out game time. Tell them DMVR sent you. Use code DMVR for 20% off your first purchase. 
What's going so, on behind the scenes here? We had a discussion before about whether Mountain West football is pointless. Um, wow. <laughs> I mean, well, because the thing is they... Or are you saying it is pointless? I mean, what do you... What, what's what's the goal? Like Okay, you, okay, mm. Mr. Montana. You can't say Mountain West football but, 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 but is you pointless for here for Montana. But that was the point. Is There's all people always saying, like, Montana should go up. And it's like, why would you want to go up to somewhere where you're just like trying to get a chance to go lose like a hundred grand playing in El Paso in some game nobody's going to watch. Like you get a month playoff run, like FCS football is way more fun than G5 football. That's, that's, a, that. that's a fair point. Yeah. yeah. It's like fair at least point. there's something to play for. Yeah. Like there's like not as many people watch and there's those sorts of things for sure. But like, I don't know. And I, and I guarantee you that the top five teams, 10 teams in the FCS can beat the Mountain West teams. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, like you put Montana Mountain West, I bet they would. Sac State definitely does. Montana yeah. State, Montana State definitely does. Let's not even. I mean, let's go a step further. That there's Sac State can beat Stanford, well, we did. which can beat yeah. CU, yeah. which can beat CSU. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, definitely, I, absolutely. You can take it even higher than the Mountain just West. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to our guy Luke Wattenberg, played at Washington, who lost to Montana a couple of years ago. Yep. Wow. he loved talking about we, that. We killed the uh, Pac-12. I think the yeah. Uh, the big sky kills a Pac-12 yeah. like almost every year. So that year that why Montana don't you guys pick on someone your own size? Why like don't you we move do. up? Take That's that challenge. That's the big sky. Th- oh. yeah. If we move yeah. up, it's not a challenge, though. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. So what, wow. you guys move down then? Is that going to be a yeah. thing? That's, That's what it would feel know. like because like, you're just playing to go to some like little... Bowl game or something. Uh-huh. Like, I, I just don't get the appeal. But again, that's growing up in Montana where that's college football is like, okay, starting in December, playoff time. And that's when it'll be nice when the playoffs expand True. to 12 teams and it'll actually yeah. feel more like a playoff. Then the Mountain West will be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, I'm not going to put any money on Mountain West team being in there. There'll be at least one. Uh, oh, no, Mountain West. Think, Mountain one group oh. of five. One group of five champion, I think, is guaranteed to go. Mm. Actually, like by the rules, I think you're it's, just saying. Yeah, it's five power, five conferences, oh, and so you weren't really the best, highest ranked group of five champions. You weren't really like going out on a limb there. You're just no, explaining no, the rules. No, I'm not going. <laughs> on them. But yeah, and at that point, it'll be more fun. Um, it will be. Spe- yeah. Speaking of explaining the rules, we're gonna dive into this tomorrow with the man himself, Pat Sertan, is gonna be on the show tomorrow. But does anyone know what the hell the rule is? on interception versus touchdown if there's double possession because I don't think anyone knows. Yeah, it's supposed to be if all four hands go at the same time. First of all, it's the first to get two hands on it. If that's a tie, then it's whoever gets their foot down first. I don't know what you happens sure? if... I think so, you sure? yeah. Because that's not what the official said after the game. I think that they're wrong then. That, yeah, well, we're going to have to look into that we because should. if so, not only is the official that called the game wrong, mm-hmm. the they also brought in... Uh, Gene Steratore. No, 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 no. Because oh. he, he's like just media. They also brought in like head of NFL officiating oh. in the pool report. Mm. It's not Wes Anderson because he's like the movie director, but it's something like that. Um, and and he wrong. commented. And that would be the NFL officials being wrong, uh. which is wild. So, Henry, maybe that's your homework tonight. I'll check. Um, along with game grades is figuring out if the NFL officials were wrong because I think our boy Pat was robbed. But we're going to dive into that I think so too. tomorrow. But before then... We got to talk about Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, specifically Cortland Sutton, because I think that Cortland um, just simply coming back from that injury has not been himself and uh, for years now. And uh, I started to believe that, that this was just the new Cortland, unfortunately, that the injury just got him. But now we're seeing 
big play after big play from Cortland, specifically yesterday. Not only the touchdown, that was really credit to Sean Payton. I mean, a, a great play design. Broncos maybe could have been called for a, a pick there. <laughs> Todd, if you're in that position and the tight end's treating you like that, you might be throwing your hands up like, what's going on here? Um, but uh, in the first half, Cortland was targeted three times on third down came up with three huge first down catches and none bigger than the very first one. The Broncos were about to go three and out, but Russ on a deep third and eight uh, hits Cortland for 33 yards, not only gets the first down, but then the Broncos are automatically in scoring range. Then they don't have to worry about a three and out. And then the Broncos really should have had a touchdown on that drive. But uh, Cortland was just huge this game. Is he back to his Pro Bowl self? I think he's playing at a really high level uh, Mm -hmm. right now. I think they're really... Yesterday is the first time I saw them take what the defense was giving them. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like they were playing Cortland in a lot of off coverages. Like, okay, like Cortland's a big body receiver. Yep. All he needs to do is get in front of you. We'll take this slant, you know, nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. And then when you come press them, like the, the long passes you're talking about, okay, we'll, we'll try over the top. You know, right. there was no safety leaning to that side, like giving Cortland that respect. Like, there's a, there's a pocket in mm-hmm. between the corner playing press man and the safety back deep. Um, and Russ was able to find that yesterday. So I think he's just playing at a high level. Um, and they finally utilized him today. We talk about it all the time. Yep. Like, you could be a good player, if you, but if you're in the wrong system or if you're not utilized, then you don't look as good. So um, I think he's playing really well right now. And I think he's, I guess you could say back. Yeah. When he's when he's utilized, he's back. That's exactly. And I almost wonder if he wasn't all that gone last year. Like, if, if mm. maybe they just had a really bad offense and so he didn't get many opportunities because receivers and uh, a dependent position you don't just get to go out there and make plays yourself because even when you look at it like seven games this year 50 yards a game 15 games last year 55 yards a game so it's not like what he's doing is groundbreaking he's caught more touchdowns but i almost think that's just a product of the offense being in better positions like getting to the red zone having opportunities so i i think Cortland's playing great um, I think he's played great all season, but I also think that maybe he played pretty well last year and was just weighed down by a, a terrible offense. Mm. So uh, um, you look at Cortland, and the one stat that really, really sticks out this year is his catch percentage. Mm. Um, coming into this year, he hadn't had better than a 59% catch percentage, and you want to yeah. see that be better, especially when he's supposed to be this 50-50 guy, but he uh-huh. just hasn't been put in that position. Like you said, Todd, I mean, he just has not been used to his strengths. This year, 72% catch percentage. That's what you're talking about. And I think that's a mm-hmm. big reason why, on third down, Russ is looking to him. Yep. You can tell that when Russ needs a catch, he's going to Cortland Sutton. I thought before Tim Patrick's injury last year, Tim Patrick was going to be that guy. And we didn't really see anyone step up into that role last year. And now... Russ is really looking his way on third down when he needs a catch. And I think that's big. But right now, Cortland Sutton's on pace for 74 catches this year uh, in 850 yards. So mm-hmm. good. Um, but What he does. But it's not like, um, I guess that's underwhelming in the sense of that would be fine if that's your number two. Um, but Jerry's not on pace for anything better mm-hmm. than that either but Cortland Sutton is potentially coming off the best game of his season right now mm-hmm. which we've been talking a lot of trades and what that means if the Broncos mm-hmm. are going to move on from Jerry Judy mm-hmm. Cortland Sutton did Cortland increase his trade value yesterday real, if you're going to go that route real quick on the catch percentage though so average depth of target this year is 9.8 
Year before it was 12.3, 15.4, 17.7. So they're throwing all these underneath things to him for the first time instead of going deep. So I bet that's probably a big reason for that catch percentage being a lot higher too. But yeah, I mean, he's helped himself for sure. Like, or helped the Broncos, helped himself if he wants out, I guess. Um, I think that you definitely look at a game like that and get more excited about trading for him if you are another team. I'm not sure that it's... uh, revolutionary again because like the numbers are 76 yards six catches and a touchdown week before 46 yards and a touchdown four catches like like he's had a couple games this is definitely one of the best ones but i don't know that it fundamentally changes how teams look at Cortland sutton it helps Uh, yeah i think it helps um because he's making plays you know Mm -hmm. first and foremost i think gms are looking for guys that are going to make plays and for him i think you got to look at his targets and his opportunities you talk about, you know, 74 catches on the year. You got guys like A.J. Brown that had 11 receptions last night. Yep. Like, he's just being utilized in the right way. Tyreek Hill has 52 catches already. Um, A.J. Brown mm-hmm. has 53 catches already. Like, it's just how it just matters how much they're utilizing him yeah. that really can show what he can do. Because yeah. if he's averaging, uh, what is he averaging right now per catch? Ooh, 11 maybe? I can check real quick. He's having 11.3. Yep. 11.3. Yeah, so now he gets seven catches a game, eight catches a game. Sure. Like mm-hmm. he, Now he's a big-time receiver in the NFL, and he's yeah. really making his name known. So I think it's just a matter of getting him his touches. Yeah, yep. yeah, and that that's a very fair point. Um, so I guess before we get into to trade value, um, is Cortland Sutton someone that you want to have here for the, for the long haul or for the rest of the season? And probably if you're looking at trading a guy – uh, or keeping a guy, you're looking at not just keeping them for the final 10 games of this season. You're mm-hmm. saying, we also want to stick with them next year, too, because of just where the season's at. Is Cortland Sutton a guy that you say, we want to get max value right now? Or I think he's part of the future. I think he is, too. I think he's still young enough to be a part of the future. Mm-hmm. And I think, but I do think you still go in and bring in an older, salty vet. I think that would <laughs> <laughs> that would yeah. add to this room, um, really, of young wide receivers. But you can't take away the young talent that we do have. Um, and in my eyes, Cortland's still young, so he's not old enough to really move on from. Um, but I would like to see them bring in another kind of like name to make sure we keep him one-on-one one to give him the best opportunities because I think that helps the team out a lot. Yeah, yeah. well, and, and I think that by these numbers um, and what we – just the lack of consist- of great consistency that, that we haven't seen from – Cortland or Jerry um, is these guys probably aren't a bona fide number one receiver right now. Mm-hmm. And so to your point, Todd, if Cortland ends up being the Broncos number one, but he's not true number one, if he is getting locked down by the team's top cornerback, well, you probably do want someone to open him up to keep him as like a great number two uh, on your team. So I totally see that. And what to me, what it boils down to is clearly Russ and Cortland are, are starting to really find something special. Uh-huh, for sure. So the question to me is, is Russ part of your future? If you think Russ is your quarterback in 2024, like we've talked about, then he's your quarterback in 2025 as well. Don't take Cortland Sutton away from him. When mm-hmm. he, I think it's pretty clear, Russ likes Cortland more than Jerry right now. Don't take his favorite target away if, he, if Russ is your future. Yeah. If Russ isn't your future, okay, then I think this week, is the time to move on from Cortland Sutton because I do think Cortland Sutton helped his price yesterday in his trade value. I think if, if it was a five or a six, I think you can get a four now for Cortland. Really? And, and and the reason for that is 
We saw it with Albert O. Yeah. Albert O was going to be cut mm-hmm. uh, in a heartbeat uh, and be available on the open market. Albert O goes out there and in the preseason against third, fourth, fifth, sixth stringers has a great game. Yeah. And the Broncos are able to get something in return. So I do think one game can change the trade value. And why I would do it now is uh, the Chiefs cornerbacks are really good. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs defense is legit. The Chargers only scored one offensive touchdown against the Chiefs yesterday, and I don't think that Cortland's gonna, Cortland or Jerry are going to have as good of games this coming week as they did this past week. So I think Cortland's trade values is probably as high as you're going to get. And if Russell Wilson's not going to be your quarterback next year and you can get a four for Cortland, it's probably worth it then. Yeah, this is a tough game, game to go into uh, with the trade deadline coming around because – we can talk about Cortland and Jerry's inconsistency, but there's been a lot of inconsistencies at quarterback. 100%. When we look at the Chiefs, we automatically blame the wide receivers because we know how consistent Patrick Mahomes is. Yeah. But we don't take into consideration how inconsistent that Russell Wilson has mm-hmm. been. So I think more so, I think it's less about the corners he's facing this week and more about can Russell put the ball mm. in position for them to yeah. win. Because even last time they played the Chiefs, Cortland had his guy beat a couple times, mm-hmm. but if you throw it in my back hip, hip pocket on a tight coverage, <laughs> yeah, I may not be able to catch that. But if you lead me and allow me to stretch my six four arms out and catch the yeah. ball, maybe yeah. I can put together something. So I do kind of agree, like, if this is the week to do it, but I think it's less about the corners. I think it's more about I don't know if Russell can yeah. get the job done. You look at the corners, the games, the, the catches that uh, Cortland had this week were easy throws for us. He was in off coverage. All you got to do is, you know, put it on his body. He can fall down, get the, you know, third down, convert, and we can keep the drive running. I don't know. I don't know if he can do that this week. Yeah, well, and, and yeah. That, that's fair. And uh, um, with oh, – I don't know what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, 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 with Russ, the last time he played the Chiefs, he had under 100 passing yards. Yeah. So doesn't that scare you if you're trying to get max yeah. value? You're like, maybe Russ comes out in balls, but, like, recent history – 10 days ago yeah. tells you like maybe not and if your quarterback has 95 passing yards how many is Cortland capable of exactly 40 at the most yeah exactly yeah uh, it's it's tough because if you don't have him next year you save about nine and a half million dollars um if you trade him you get uh what like a fifth round pick maybe fourth round pick you're probably not getting a Cortland Sutton with that pick odds are you're getting somebody who's never a starter in the NFL so with that nine and a half million dollars, what are you going to do with it? Probably go get a receiver, I'd guess, because now you're kind of out of options. And so you look through the list of receivers, you know, Marcus Valdo-Scantley makes about 10 million. Michael Thomas is 10. Russell Gage at 10. Tyler Boyd closer to 11. Alan Lazard, 11. Jacoby Myers, 11. Um, Juju, eight and a half. So you want Juju? I don't. <laughs> I don't at all. So I, I want think. Juju on this football team. I don't want Juju Smith-Schuster, no, but I think this football not. team don't is want a little Juju. bit of Juju. <laughs> but that's where, I mean, if if the idea is you're going to save that $9.5 million, you're going to need a receiver, and you're probably going to go get a receiver who's worth, worse than Cortland Sutton. And with that draft pick, you're probably going to trade for somebody or, or draft somebody who's worse than Cortland Sutton. So that's, that's kind of the math you have to take. Where do you want those gambles? Um, and the kicker, though, is that if they trade him now – it, the about seven about eight million dollars will be paid by the other team for the rest of the season so there's that bonus eight million dollars that you could bring in 
So there's there's what the numbers say. Like we're just nickel and diamond, eight million here, nine million. <laughs> exactly. We have a huge eighty million exactly. dollar <laughs> dilemma we have to yeah, figure exactly. out. Like, yeah. Exactly. And so that's something that comes into there's it. There's ten percent. You need to free up money if you want to move on from Russ. So that also comes into all of this conversation. Um, and uh, also though, Marvin Mims. I mean, we're talking like two targets mm-hmm. in the past three games for Marvin. One catch for four yards or something like yeah. that. Yesterday, he plays in 18 snaps, one target, and there wasn't really a chance on that shot that they took to him. Um, To me, that's also a benefit of moving on from one of these guys is it forces Marvin Mims to have a bigger Mm -hmm. role, Uh which I just think, I think Sean at this point needs help getting Marvin Mims more. I don't know what it is, but last week Sean admitted, he said, at the end of every game, I look at the stat sheet and say, man, I need to get Marvin Mims more targets. And like in the middle of the game, he just forgets about Marvin Mims. But, like, it's not like then throughout the week he's like, yeah, Marvin has a lot to do, a lot to work on. No, he's saying we need more targets for uh-huh. Marvin. So that's a benefit that would come from trading one of these guys. And so let's talk about the other guy, Jerry Judy. Five for five. Five targets, mm-hmm. five catches yesterday. Um, maybe his best performance. And it looked like for a second, like, oh, my gosh, after that little uh, dead leg move that he mm-hmm. put on. And then he falls down. And you're like, no, no, like – is this a ham? Is this a long-term mm-hmm. injury for the people that want to trade Jerry? They're like, no, now we're not going to be able to trade him because he's going to be hurt. Turns out, just a little unfortunate uh, punch straight to the private parts, yeah. um, and then Jerry was fine after. He was going for the ball and then <laughs> got the balls. Got the ball. <laughs> I know. You think I Jerry was... wish he would have hit the ball instead. It, absolutely. <laughs> Rather fumble. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought something horrible had happened. Mm-hmm. Like his reaction, the pain he was in was remarkable because yeah. it was like a full minute. He was just like in a ball, face down on the sideline. I was like, oh, in a ball. <laughs> and and it was like, oh my goodness, what just happened to yeah. this man? Like. This has to be serious. Like for him to not know like that that hurts head. though. That's oh, a different yeah. type of pain. It all adds up now yeah. when you realize that that's what happened. He didn't pull something. Like, and that peanut put that's a uh, punch. That's an aggressive punch. Yeah. Like, peanut, yeah. about another peanut, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it all it all made sense in the end. A little cup check there. Yeah. Um, but he pa- he failed. <laughs> yes, he did not he, have a cup. He did fail. Um, and uh, Jerry, I mean, did that increase? Did, did yesterday's game increase his trade value? I think so. I think he continues to show that, you know, if he uses the right system, that he could be a good player. So mm-hmm. I think it increased his trade value just a little bit. I don't know if it's another roundup sure. um, as far as a, a pick, but I think he did show that he is a good player, but also is able to bounce back from all the trash in the media mm-hmm. and, like, is able to yeah. come to work with his lunch pail and put together a good performance after all the crap that was said off the stuff with Steve Smith, like yeah. kind of put that behind him and went to work. So I like that. I like seeing mm-hmm. that. that. That's a, that's a really good point. Um, and maybe it, it increases his value. Like you said, Todd, not necessarily by a full round, but instead of a contender going out and spending their third round pick, which would be, you know, 30th uh-huh. uh, in, in the third round, maybe the Panthers now say our third round pick, which is the first pick in the third round right now, is worth Jerry Judy. And then so that's a significant increase because then you're talking about almost a second-round pick for Jerry. And I just think the biggest thing with this, there's two things. I think both of these guys' values are the highest they're going to be before the trade deadline right now this week Mm -hmm. um, for reasons we've talked about. And second, the Broncos were open to really shaking this receiver room up all offseason, and we talked about it. 
I don't think this season has shown Sean Payton like, no, I actually want to stick with this receiver group. Um, so I do think that they still end up moving one of these guys. And I think that yesterday was a, a perfect game for these guys um, outside of having like an A.J. Brown 125-yard game or something. They, they both showed consistency, reliability, um, and, and their talent in their own unique ways. And really quick, I could not believe when that stat flashed across the screen on Sunday Night Football that A.J. Brown has five straight 125 receiving games, 125-yard mm -hmm. receiving game. That is, not, I thought that was a mistake or something. That's insane. Yep. That's a big, big body right there. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah, he's a hard matchup for any DB. Yeah. Those guys, it's hard to find. Well, unless you have like the number three pick in the draft, then you can go get Marvin Harrison Jr. It's true. But that's kind of the only way to do it. Yeah. Um, and uh, speaking of the draft, someone said uh, that uh, Jerry Judy got hit in the Michael Penix Jr. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that was wow. It's kind of rude saying Jr., though, for, uh, for Jerry's there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I'm not getting into that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe give us give us some respect. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> and speaking of giving some respect, let's give some respect to Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. If you want to grab some Breck Brews, just like we have on our set, go to Breckbrew.com, top corner of their website. You're gonna find the Breck Brew Locator, which is gonna show you where you can get any type of Breckenridge beer, whether you live in Denver, whether you live Anywhere in the United States, make sure to check out breckbrew.com. They've got beer for all sorts of weather, and good thing because we're going to have all sorts of weather this week. I think we yeah. get like 70s or 80s, and then Sunday for the Chiefs game, 30 and snow. Mm. So that could be fun. Maybe that helps I Broncos like out. So yeah. check out breckbrew.com. Uh, go on over to FOCO, too, and get yourself some gear. I haven't logged on in a couple weeks, so I'm sure there's a whole bunch of crazy new stuff. Oh, Wow. Harry Potter. Oh, different bracelets from all the different TV shows and movies you could think of. See, again, like you just never know. You want like a Ted Lasso, uh, Harry Potter. Oh, what's this one? Rick and Morty, Game of Thrones. I mean, all that stuff up there now. And of course, they've got all the Bronco gear that you could ever hope to find. Um, Snoopy bobblehead, a whole bunch of different T-shirts and uh, a Denver Broncos white drawstring hooded gator. So it's like the top part of a sweatshirt with like this fit part, too. Um, it's just like everything you could think of. This is a Broncos logo chef hat. Never seen it before. If you want it, it's right here. Um, all sorts of good stuff. The bobbleheads, the overalls. Go check it out. If you're buying like a gift for somebody or if you're just looking for some more Broncos gear for yourself, it is all at FOCO. And if you use the code DNVR20, you get 20% off all non-presale items. Um it's DMVR for 10% off. I had to guess. I closed the thing. DMVR for 10% off at FOCO. Head on over there. Buy yourself some Broncos gear. Yeah, and if you're watching on YouTube, yeah, here we'll show you that it is DNVR for 10% off. <sighs> um, some news coming down the wire right now. Chiefs linebacker Nick Bolton is going to miss a couple of weeks after having surgery on a dislocated wrist. So Broncos will be playing a Chiefs defense without Nick Bolton. And the that's good news because the Chiefs defense is playing really good right now. Yeah, I never want to see anybody injured, but no. he's a really good player. So yes. I am happy that he's not playing in this game this week. Yeah, yeah. it's it's really true. And speaking of that's, things yeah. that make me happy, inside. Wait, scoop. wait. 
Whoa, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know. You Where had the you first comment. You had the time. first comment about Jerry. I didn't know. Where. No. I was like, this pot is going left quick, yeah, man. It is. It is. <laughs> um, I want to get into the inside scoop. I mean, things that make me happy. I love ice cream yep. and scoops, and uh, I also like football. So let's get into this inside scoop. Of course, breaking down the crucial plays of the game. With our guy Todd Davis, the real 51, even though I saw another 51 on the field yesterday. Yeah, hey, I got to talk to uh, Greg about that. <laughs> see, <laughs> see if we can get some things changed. Uh, no, but this is the Broncos, man. I think they had a pretty good game yesterday. I want to highlight a couple of plays. Um, you know, this is the first quarter, starting off early with some good runs by Javante. And what I liked most is that, you know, what was hurting the Broncos' defense early in the year were powers. People were running all those mm -hmm. powers. People were finding different ways to get into the formations. And the Broncos were like, hey, you know, we could do it too. So you see Javante get this handoff. There's, this is a power. They found another way to do it. Instead of having the guard pull around, they just have the tackle blocked down on the outside. And they, they bring the uh, tight end that's off the ball back mm -hmm. as the second puller. So they're able to bring these two pullers around. They have the fullback leading the way. Uh, the tight end comes around and does a chop block. I wish he would have stayed up because it creates a little bit more of yeah. a clean running yeah. lane for Javante. But nevertheless, with people in his face, Javante is able to maneuver uh, through the offensive line, get to the second level. And this is what I love. You get a running back who's hard to tackle and a lot of green grass. And shout out to the offensive line for doing their job this, yeah. this play. But this is what you want. Javante is a talented runner. If you're able to give him just a little window, I think he's able to make you uh, regret it for sure. Yeah, and I mean, shout out to the offensive line. They were up opening up big holes for Javante, Jaleel, Samaje all day long. And it and then you get Javante ahead of steam. Yep. He's impossible to tackle. Jaleel, you just get him a little bit of room, yep. and he's going to make it even more. Um, and then Samaje also had a really good game. And yeah, shout out to yeah. the offensive line. I'm happy I'm, you highlighted him, Todd. They're really good right now. Yeah. Like, I, I thought that they'd move up, so they came into the game with 4.9 yards per carry, which was fourth in the NFL. Um, got up to 5.1 yesterday. It's still fourth. I was kind of thinking that might get them up to like two or three, which would be cool. But that's that's the level they're playing at. Yep. Yeah. And it's it's been basically every game that they've been able to run like this. A couple games they didn't commit to it, and that stung them. But you've got that going in a snowy game on Sunday against a team that's without its middle linebacker. Yep. I don't know. There might be something there. All right. Know. I'm with it. And that's why part of the reason why, you, um, you know, when you bring up Marvin Mims, like, I just don't see where he gets his touches right now. Yeah. Cortland was 100%. Jerry was 100%. And then you have, in my eyes, they maybe should run the ball a little bit more. They're doing Definitely. such a good job 100%. with it. Like, um, they should find a way to get the ball in these, you know, dynamic uh, runners' hands. Of course. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, Jaleel had four carries for, uh, I believe, over 40 yards. I think 42 yeah. yards in the first half. Yeah. Only got one carry in the second half. So, I think even despite... The team having uh, 25 rushes to 29 dropbacks yesterday, they should run the ball even more. And that 5.8 yards per carry that the Broncos had yesterday includes uh, the two-yard loss by Michael Burton that they did on a fullback mm -hmm. dive and mm -hmm. an 11-yard loss by Marvin Mims. So, like, two cute plays. Yeah. Even with those going for negative 13 yards combined, they still average 5.8 yards per carry. Javante averaged 5.5 yards per carry. Jaleel, 9 yards per carry. Damn. Russ had that one really nice run where he just took off for 21 yards. And Samaje, two carries for 10 yards. So, if you take off Mims and Burton... Would have been 6.9 yards per carry. Nice. Yep. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Your math is phenomenal, my guy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is the next play. So, offensive line did a great job on the play before. Once again, they do it again. This is what's called the kick. 
Um, and offensive coordinators love the kick because it allows the running back to pick a hole. Mm-hmm. So basically, we're going to put a body on a body. Pause, you're here. We're going to put a, a body. <laughs> oh, wow. Basically, they put a body on a body and they block it up to where you can choose any one of these gaps. You can go through the A gap between the center and the guard. You can go through the B gap between the guard and the tackle. And you can pick whatever you know, hole is open for you and find a lane. And that's exactly what Javante does. Um, you see the old lineman kind of smashing their blocks down and the C gap kind of opens up and he does the rest. He's able to avoid and get off of blocks. He doesn't get tackled by the first guy. And that's what I love about him. And that's what's so hard because you feel like Jalil deserves carries, but it's, it's never a time where uh, Javante runs the ball mm-hmm. and like, dang, they should have had Jalil in. Like, yep. he's doing a phenomenal job himself. And Samaje got the ball twice and had two five-yard runs. Yep. And this, like, yeah, all three of them. Yeah. And That's, actually, so the Broncos, they signed Emmanuel Wilson. I think they had, yeah, at that time, it was three undrafted rookie free agents this offseason. So Jaleel, Emmanuel, I forget who the other one was. Um, he would have been there in camp. But they cut Emmanuel Wilson, who made the Packers roster and was carrying the ball. So they could have, if they had held on to him, had another running back, another undrafted rookie who could potentially be a part of the rotation, which is crazy. And they obviously don't need him, but. Yeah, the depth that they had at that point is pretty wild. And Emmanuel Wilson yesterday for the Packers, two carries for 19 yards. Yeah, almost 10 yards per carry, pretty good. All right, next one. All right, this next one is a, a shout out to Russ. I know I give him a lot of uh, slack or flack on this show. <laughs> yeah, I guess not so. much slack, a lot of slack. <laughs> uh, but this is a good job him finding uh, Jerry Judy. Uh, truthfully, Jerry was open the entire time and he could have hit him right here. But <laughs> nevertheless, uh, the offensive line is trying to hold their blocks. They don't do a great job this time. He's able to evade pressure, step up in the pocket, and is able to throw a dart to Jerry Judy um, to get another first down and keep the ball rolling and ultimately led to three points by the offense. So shout out to him for making this play. Um, and Jerry Judy for staying alive, man. I think it was a good job for him sitting. He found a hole in the coverage. You don't have to run and get out of the hole and, and you know, just hope that Russ finds you sit there and do your job. And he did good. Yeah, and I mean, actually, Todd, you gave him a slack and flack on that play because he could have thrown it to (laughs) Judy earlier, but I think you're right. That's a fair criticism. It's also um, a fair compliment that he did a good job of finding time in the pocket to throw the ball. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try to keep it honest. I try to be honest. All right, this is uh, first and ten. You know, third quarter where the the offense is kind of sputtering, but they're finding ways to get the ball going again. Um, you know, when you run the ball really well, it forces teams to get in the man coverage. And when they get in the man coverage, they have to load the box. They have to try to stop Javante and our talented running backs. And that's when you get guys one on one. And this is Russell Wilson finding Jerry Judy in one on one coverage. You got they motion down to a stack with him and Cortland. When you have those two great playmakers together i think it's tough for any defense to try to manage them and you know jerry judy runs a simple out route here but he's able to get away uh from the defender you see him right there and then rush just throws a dart to him once again so this is when jerry judy is at his best if he can get one-on-one coverage i don't think there's really anybody in the league that can stick with him one-on-one and just like this this is a separate separation he has like four yards of separation on a simple out route like yeah. He runs his routes really well, and he was able to get away, and Russ was able to find him the ball. When we run the ball well, we're able to put our receivers in one-on-one coverage, and against Cortland and Jerry Judy, I think they're going to win. Yeah, yeah, and just another great breakdown pass and the running game. Yeah. Todd, are you an offensive guy now? 
You're just breaking down offense. I mean, um, do, you, do you wish you would have played tight end? Is that what you're saying? No, I think if I was a tight end, I felt like I would have been a dog, though. <laughs> I for sure would have been a dog. You would have been the, the Greg Dulcich route, the Chris Manhurts route, the uh, the Travis Kelsey route. No, I would have been like, um, what am I looking now? The boy from uh, San Fran. Oh, Kittle. George Kittle. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He's, I, he's a dog. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> I, I would have loved to block just as much as I would have, you know, loved to catch touchdown passes. Yeah. So. See, they all <laughs> yeah. say that, but I never believe them. I do Who? believe George Kittle. I believe George Kittle. You believe Kittle? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's, but, he's laughing while he's yeah. throwing you in the dirt. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's having a good time with it. Yeah. Um, man, Todd, one of your former teammates. Um, just really unfortunate that Jake Butt wasn't able to stay healthy. Jake Butt was picked by the Broncos one pick before George Kittle. Really? Yes. Yep. How about that? Well, Jake Butt was a really good. He uh, was. <laughs> he was a really good tight end in college. Yeah. And he then was. got injured. He yep. did. So he really would have been higher up yeah. had yeah. he not been injured. Oh, I told myself yeah. that as well. Yeah. 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 Like first, second round pick. There was yeah. somebody in a Jake Butt jersey at the tailgate yesterday. Wow. Yeah. Had Jake Butt and Osweiler. Dang. You got to have Jake on. You know, he does like uh, film breakdowns yeah. and stuff now. So yeah. Big Ten Network, I think. Yeah, we yeah. got to have him on the show. Yeah. We should do that. That'd yeah. be great. Especially oh, if Broncos yeah. look at J.J. McCarthy uh-huh. from Michigan, oh, his yeah. former school. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we might have to have a tight end day with Jake Butt. Mm, we should have go, let's not oh. go too far. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we could just <laughs> one at a time. One at a time. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. All right, this is next one is the uh, the plate of Cortland. This is a great play design. Yes. Uh, you, once again, they're in man-to-man. So, like I said, when you're able to run the ball, you force teams to mm-hmm. uh, try and defend you the best they can. Uh, and they're forcing the Packers' hand by putting them in man coverage. And this is just a switch release. A um, little bit of a pick, but I'm, <laughs> I'm for the Denver Broncos, so I didn't see anything. Uh, and Cortland's able to get to the outside. This is a good ball um, from Russell Wilson. He doesn't try to force it. He just lobs it up there, lets Court run under it, and it's a touchdown. Good celebration by Court. Um, and his draft stock went up right there. Yeah, yep. yeah, absolutely did. And, I mean, man, just a great play design. If you do that play – it is going to be called the penalty at sometimes, but mm-hmm. it's smart to do it because other times it's not going to be called the penalty. And man, I thought the game was over right here. Mm-hmm. I was like, with the way the Packers offense has been so inept, 16 to three lead game is over. Really? See, I was looking at saying seven to one odds on the Packers. Hmm. Man. 11 in a row. Yeah, I didn't take you, it though. You were yeah. being savage yesterday. You're throwing that. out the live bet. Mid halftime to say bet the, bet on the Packers. I didn't to say win. bet on them. I said here are the odds. Mm. Should people bet on them? Mm. It's a okay. question. I think it was leading. And the answer was no. Yeah. Well, I mean it was leading <laughs> because they'd lost ten times in a row with the halftime lead. So well, halftime. They hadn't. Well, they had. They no, not according to Sean well, Payton. They had not. <laughs> they had. He had it. He had it. He had lost three. The Broncos had. Sean Payton's Broncos, no. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, yeah. Oh, here we he go. Some defense. defense. This is my last clip, but I have to uh, point out something that I didn't love yesterday, I guess, from our defense, and that was our rush. We didn't have the ability to get to the quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is five on five. This is big on big. There's five rushers on five on linemen, and we just need one person to win a one-on-one matchup, and we're not finding a way to do it. We gave Jordan Love too much time, and I thought that, you know, we did a great job of defending this play. We're in, we're in zone coverage, like a formal cover three, but there's so much time that Jordan has. They allowed this tight end to get all the way across to the other side of the field mm-hmm. behind both of our linebackers uh, with our corners being vacating in cover three with mm-hmm. a man deep. 
this is simply because we're just not able to win one-on-one pass rush blocks mm -hmm. right now. And I know that young guys like Nick Benita are stepping up and making plays, but these are the times that we need to step up and make yeah. a play and allow our rush and coverage to work together because this is way too much time for Jordan Love. And if we give other quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes this kind of time, yeah. these are like touchdown plays, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we got to be able to win one-on-one -on -one blocks. And maybe the worst game for the pass rush? Uh, and I thought it set up to be a great game for yep. the pass rush just because Jordan Love is a guy that can hold on to the ball for mm -hmm. a long time, can kind of um, get flustered and roll out, and then that leads to more sacks. And I don't even want to say credit to him because I just think it was an off day for the Broncos pass rush. Yeah. And I saw that mm -hmm. last clip. That was Kareem about to light him up. Was that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that was a flag, man. I think that was a... Uh... Terrible call, and I think that the offense has to do something to protect themselves. It's not all on me. I haven't dug in, but I still haven't seen the angle where it shows the helmet to helmet. It's like he's right underneath, I felt like, yeah. like chest and like neck. Yeah. Ooh, I still haven't seen it. That's all I can yeah, say. Yeah, I think he hits the head pretty clearly. Does he? And unfortunately, I mean, Kareem, because he was fined this last time for the fourth time $43,000 for for. Was it a hit or was it just, um, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. And that was escalated to 43000 It should have been like 10000 or something, but it was escalated because of it was his fourth time. Uh -huh. This one's going to be like a $100,000 fine. He got it. And he's, only making like, he's only making two mil, right? Yeah. Like this is actually hurting his paycheck now. And I think he's going to be suspended, unfortunately. Which is oh, a game now? paycheck. I think, yeah, which will be a game. On top of, they'll also fine him for this pass hit. So, man, I I agree with Sean Payton. Sean said this Kareem's not trying to play dirty. I do not think Kareem Jackson is a dirty player. I just think he plays 100%. And oh. uh, these plays with the way the rules are now are just going to happen. Um, but Kareem, you, you can't hit any part of the head, even if it's not, even if it's with your shoulder. You just can't do it with the way the rules are. And. Uh, I think it's more of an issue with the rules and like there's just nothing you can do in that situation but i think you here can you pull up that clip i think by the rules if you go to uh andrew mason's oh yeah look, look at that look when he launches he's launching now his yep. shoulders are below the yeah. tight end shoulders yeah yep. the tight end then drops his body yep and meets and comes level with Kareem. So what can I do there? I've already launched my body to make a clean tackle. Yeah. And I'm yeah. gonna hit this guy right, right underneath, like by his elbow. Yeah. But if he drops now, I can't I can't move at that point. There's, yeah. No, and You've again, made your it, decision. It makes yeah. it it makes it really tough and unfair on defenses. But the way the rule is, it they don't care about any of that. No, they, they don't they, care they, about they any of that. They don't care. So just by the rule though, uh, it was the right call. But I totally agree with what we you're saying to Todd. To the... it, 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 it isn't fair um so i think in the moment they got it right but i do think that it's just so unfair to defenses we gotta and, talk to somebody at the nfl yeah it, and and you just continue to see it with kareem and man it just stinks because now he's i mean he might be fine like a hundred thousand dollars for this one miss another hundred thousand if that's a game check we're talking about like wow. three hundred thousand dollars of a guy that's making like right around two million dollars. What are the yeah? Odds? He's making two million this year, but this is his fourteenth year. <laughs> it's true, it's true. I'm, I'm sure he's okay. I'm sure he's okay. I don't I, even know if he's worried about the two million from this year coming in. Maybe so. not. I think like you're not playing for money at this point. He's, he's blessed. Uh, that's true. He's what blessed. are the odds that he winds up paying to play this year? 
Oh, like the fines outweigh the salary. Like he needs at least no, a, a few more a big more, ones. Yeah. yeah, that would be insane. That yeah. would be. I really hope that doesn't come. Me too. Down to it. Yeah, because if he's playing for two, that means he's probably taking home like one point three. Yeah, and so he would have to have right. that that many fines. Like that would be a lot. Yeah, yeah. that would be that a would ton. be ridiculous. Um, all right, let's uh, let's hop into the questions and talk to the people after I talk to the people about Spirit Hound. You know, Spirit Hound, the award-winning whiskey where you can get. Um, they won the 2022 Whiskey of the Year at the London Spirits Competition. So they are award-winning whiskey around the globe. They not just have whiskey. They have gin and vodka all across the state. And they have available in over 40 states nationwide. And if you want to check them out, they have a tasting room that's new in the Highlands. Or you can check out their spot in Lyons, Colorado, and bring juniper berries in to get a free cocktail. Their whiskey, vodka, and gin can be purchased at stores across Colorado or ordered online to 40 plus states and don't worry you don't have to get a retriever to track a bottle down head over to spirithound.com for availability and details on how and where to buy okay let's hop into the comment section and do we have any super chats you hear oh yes you hear once blame this on you here for all the people that don't want oh, tank no. talk after a win. Um, but I do still think it's a major storyline for the Broncos. So let's check out where the Broncos draft position is heading in. Uh, wow. I see a comment saying you can tell Zach never played ball, <laughs> played ball all of high school. So yeah. thank you for that. Um, I played golf ball. I did not play golf ball. Uh, no, I played football. Yeah, I played yeah. golf. Oh, you played golf. I also ball. played lacrosse too. I should lean on that more. Todd, did you play football in high school? Uh, I, I have a so. suspicion you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Never played lacrosse. No. What about golf? You, were you on the golf team? Uh, no. No, not, not on, on the, the golf, golf team. You golf now though. I'm a good golfer now. Yeah. Though. Okay. When did you start? Um, couple, couple months ago. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. Damn, <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> I try. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, here. Let's pull it up. Let's see where the Broncos are in draft order heading into Monday Night Football. And Monday Night Football is important for this. Um, so Broncos, not the first pick. Not the second pick, not the third pick, but the fourth pick. And uh, I would have thought going into yesterday, if you told me the Broncos win, I would have said, oh, they're going to fall to like the seventh pick or something. Mm -hmm. But because the Patriots won, mm -hmm. because uh, who else won? The Giants won, mm -hmm. because the Bears won. I mean, nearly every team with one win outside of the Cardinals won yesterday. Yep. So the Broncos win didn't hurt their draft position all that much. They're still at four, um, tied with the Bears for the same record for the third overall pick. You only have the Panthers at 0-6 and the Cardinals at 1-6 with teams with worse records than the Broncos. So yesterday was almost a perfect day for the Broncos in terms of like, yeah, I want my team to win. Mm -hmm. And also, yeah, I don't want their draft position to get hurt too much. It was almost perfect. The tough part is that right now there are 10 teams with two wins or less. Right. So you're really flirting with danger there. I don't mind at this point. Honestly, I'm kind of sick of the tank. I have fun for a couple weeks saying like, oh, yeah, like lose the games. Who's I do? At this point, it's like, nah, just go in some football games. I can't. I can't lose for another three months. All right. We're going to have this conversation later <laughs> in the week because <laughs> this this game coming up, what this win yesterday did was it made the Chiefs game. I think pretty damn fun uh -huh. this coming week. Like 16 game losing streak. Yeah, they're eight and a half point dogs. Probably Only not going to win this game. Only huh. eight and a half because they were 10 and a half yeah. in uh, Kansas City. But they now, also now got their playing at home. Asses kicked. 
Who? Well, I lost by 11. Broncos I guess lost I 11. lost by 11. They almost covered yeah. the spread. But I, I don't know. At that point, like, the Chiefs were like, oh, I don't know. Are they any good? Like, right. they're, they're kind of leaning a lot on Kelsey. But then after yesterday when they demolished the Chargers, I guess the Broncos got their win too, though, and that's what kind of balances that out. Well, they're really leaning on Kelsey now. 174 yeah. Oh, yeah. Four receiving yards yesterday on 12 that, catches. That oh, defense too, though. That's insane. Yeah. But I'm, I'm happy to actually be able to talk about this game because... Hell, if the Broncos win this game, oh, man, everything changes. And for a couple of weeks, I don't think we're even going to talk about tanking if, mm-hmm. they beat the, if they beat the Chiefs. And we're going to dive into that game later this week. Um, but let's hop into the, the comments. Mile High Sign says, Fresno State alum here. Sac State or Montana ain't beating Fresno. Also, do you think Sean is pissed that he won? Never seen a coach mad after a win. Man, we whoop on the Fresno State Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> that hot, smelly town of Fresno. We come down there and whoop on y'all. <laughs> uh, you whooped up on uh, Derek Carr in the NFL sure quite a did. lot. So, sure yeah. Well, who was it? Was Derek, were you and Derek Carr in school at the same time? No, he probably um, would have been a little bit before he- you. We probably overlap like for like yeah, two years. A little maybe. bit. Yeah, yeah, you probably would would have whooped up on him if you played him. Yeah. I can't find my numbers. I wanted to f- see what the actual numbers say about who would win that game, but <laughs> taking too long. Too uh, much scrolling. Oh, we can... had a couple of transfers from Fresno State that came to sack and they never saw the field. So that's all oh, I'm gonna say. Oh damn. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I love it. Um next comment <laughs> on the website. Who are they? I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, next comment coming in from on the website from Nash Bronco says DNVR overlords. This thought has been floating around my head for a few months now. I wasn't quite sure how to express it. So good luck. Is football at the NFL level just harder than we make it out to be? At the end of the day, it's the best athletes in the world being schemed around by people who have dedicated their life's work to out-scheming the other people trying to out-scheme them. Instant and long-term success is so, so rare. Even the best teams can lose to a lesser opponent because of a thousand different variables. Do we, as fans and media, just not see the game in the same reality? We should. I think perfect person to ask this is Todd, who played. Yeah, the NFL is tough. Um, I think everybody's good. Everybody has talent. The guys that really stick out are the ones that you try to defend and you don't have an answer for. Like the Andre Johnsons or the Randy Moss. Like, you want to go man-to-man, but you can't go Mm man-to-man. So those are the guys that really stick out and really have, like, dominant careers. But um, I think for a lot of guys in the NFL, we're kind of all at the same level with the same talent. So if the scheme is right, it's hard to really show your dominance, you know, outside of a – good defensive or offensive scheme. Yeah, and that's why Henry and I had a very heated conversation one week ago about every nearly every game in the NFL comes down to a handful of plays yep. because everyone is that good. And uh, now what you find out is the good teams, the good players, don't happen to end up on the right side of those plays. Uh-huh. They make it to be we're on the, they're on the right side of those plays. But, yeah, I mean, uh, the difference between a practice squad player and a pro bowler, it isn't that significant when you take like a big step back in life and you look at all the athletes that are in the world. No, they're still world-class athletes, Mm -hmm. but that's just the little difference that you need is to have that one step up. Yeah, it's just like a 4-3 and a 4-5. It's like 
Like, yep. you know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's, you're being measured, but it's a very, very small difference between even those two numbers. Yep. So I think it's the same is true for like talent and um, athletes in the NFL. Yep, a hundred percent. And like, if PJ Locke was half a step slower, uh-huh. I still think he gets to that ball yesterday because it was just an ultimate lob by Jordan Love. But like, maybe he doesn't make the play. And Justin Simmons at, after the game, he said something. He said, "I typically don't say this." But the Packers ran the perfect play for the coverage that we were in. PJ mm. just made an incredible play. So maybe if PJ really is a four-seven instead of a four-five, he doesn't get there. The Packers get a touchdown, and we're talking about a one-and-six team. And then we're talking about how the Broncos have the number two overall pick. Wow, Yahir's happy about that. Damn, get mad at Yahir, guys, not us. Wow, is your mic on? No. Muted. Turn your mic on, Yahir. <laughs> wow so dang. many hot takes yeah seriously hot takes that you're uh, not willing to come out on camera for wow you said uh, what about rk oh that's crazy oh, wow. here. Yo, oh, why would you do that <laughs> don't get me started oh he's gonna be gone wow okay i do have bad news so bill Coll- connelly put out espn's um college football rankings so they, it's not just uh, like the top 25. It's like, what is this? This is one through uh, 665. So all the way through D3. Fresno State is number 52 and Sacramento State's 106. 52 what? <laughs> That's because we lost yesterday. Exactly. We were, we were higher than that exactly. before. Yeah, yep. we lost. <laughs> there we go. You just had to pull that up. Huh? Yeah. I was Damn. hoping for better results. And RK, we love you. I don't care what your hair says about you. It's yeah. true. Yeah. I don't care. You mean the alley, RK. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what he said. Next one coming in from Moogie94 says, Wow, Winfield's good, my friends. Having RK back in Bronco Land Pot is also soothing for some reason. I appreciate Todd, Alexis, and Hank's many different viewpoints. This pod has truly blossomed since the early BSN days. One question. Do you think the defense overall has stepped up and began plugging gaps in communication better? Or does Justin Simmons, one player, make that much of an impact on our defense? It's scary for me to think that it's the latter. Anyways, let's bask in this victory Monday and enjoy the dub that pushes us ahead of the Packers and the all-time matchup. Broncos now lead 8-7. to seven. Good day, y'all. And, of course, wow. there's one big matchup between those two that everyone remembers. There is one. Yep. Well, I wasn't alive yet. I remember about it. I don't... Re- what? You, oh, no, I would have been alive. alive. I was. I would have been one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. remember. That's fair. So, yeah, I don't remember. Um, Yeah, I mean, the defense definitely cleaned a bunch of things up, obviously. Like, the guys are in the right spots. That's big. Um, Having Justin Simmons back is also massive. And for kind of that reason, too, he helps line everybody up and make sure, specifically the coverage, I guess, are set. Um, With the front seven run fits, he wouldn't be too involved. But, yeah, I mean, that's... There's definitely been growth there. This is no longer the worst defense in the NFL. Like, whether this is, like, a good defense, we get a couple tests here against the Chiefs and Bills to find out, but they they look like they can just go out there and play competitive football, and that's a huge step in the right direction. Well, technically, it still is the worst defense in the NFL. Yeah, Tied for the worst the defense numbers. in the NFL. If, if you look at the numbers. If you're averaging everything that's happened <laughs> up to this stats, point. So me, yeah. if, you weigh, if you weigh what they did against Miami, I'm saying, like, what I see right now, that's a fine defense. Yeah, no, and I agree. They're fine. And, and, and you look two weeks ago, the Broncos were on track to be the second worst defense in the history of the NFL, giving up over 35 points per game. Mm-hmm. The past 
two weeks, really, they're giving up 18 points per game. So they cut that number in over half. This defense is playing winning football right now, and the record reflects it. I mean, one and one, Mm -hmm. and with one of those games being against the Chiefs, you held them to 19 points. Mm -hmm. If the Broncos' defense does that again this weekend, they really should win this, this game against the Chiefs, and then we're talking about a whole new season. I'm excited to break that down. And we're going to have Pat Sertan on to start breaking down how the hell are they going to stop Travis Kelsey? Because clearly that's a key. We'll have Pat on tomorrow to break that down. To break the interception down, Hank's going to do some homework and come back with the official, official, official rules to see if we're grilling Mm -hmm. the NFL tomorrow and handing an interception over to Pat. But we're going to do that tomorrow. Stay tuned at noon for this show. Thanks so much for rolling with us. We'll see you tomorrow on the DMVR Broncos podcast.